Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Abby Soslin. Today we are learning Masechet Sukkah Daf Yud Bet, page 12 in the tractate Sukkah. On our Daf, we continue the discussion of what may or may not be used for the Schach, for the Sukkah. The Schach is the essence of the Sukkah. It is the one thing that transforms any set of walls into a Sukkah. So the laws for the schach are so specific that they take up almost the whole first chapter of this masechet. And so we return again today to these rules. Chavilei kash v'chavilei eitzim v'chavilei zradim ein misakechin bahan. Bundles of straw, wood, and cane, and or cane, cannot be used for schach. V'chulan shehetiran k'sherot, but... When they are untied from the bundles, they are kesherot. They are permitted to be used for schach. Either way, these bundles are permitted to be used for the walls of the sukkah. Vechulan kesherot ladfanot. They are all kasher for the walls. The Mishnah makes perfectly clear the ruling for what may be used for the walls of the sukkah are less strict by many times over than those for the schach. The schach is a very serious element of the sukkah. And bundles of anything, schach-like material even, no wonder what they are made of, will not do. However, if the bundles are untied, they are permitted. So what is the difference between the bundles and untied bundles? The difference is in the effort that has gone into untying them. The bundles fall under the biblical injunction. Mishum ta'aseh v'lo asui. The injunction of you shall make it and not from that which is made. The Torah demands that we make the schach and we do not use something which has already been made for another purpose. A bundle, we later learn on this stuff, is the kind of thing that you might bring home from work and throw atop the sukkah to dry. Sometimes a person comes from the field in the evening with a bundle on his shoulder. And he lifts it up and puts it atop the sukkah to dry it. And then he changes his mind and decides to leave it there and use it for schach. This schach is invalid because the Gemara states, The Torah said, you have to make it and not use something that is already made. So the bundles, then, are asur. They make the sukkah invalid. But if you untie them and do the work of untying them, then they are valid. 
This concept, ta'aseh velomin he'asui, is a principle found throughout halacha. Here's an explanation from the Steinsaltz Reference Guide, a book that I absolutely love, but unfortunately is now out of print. If the action involved is in fulfilling this commandment has already effectively been performed, and all that remains to be done is to remove some halachic constraint, the removal of the constraint is not a fulfillment of the commandment, as it is considered to have been performed from what has already been made. The two most common places where this law is put into effect are the schach of a sukkah and the fringes of the tzitzit. If a person were to sew a piece of cloth with a ritual fringe already attached onto a piece of clothing, the finished item would not be acceptable because of the principle of ta'asevelominhe'asui. A person must tie the fringes himself onto the clothing. Or, as Rabbi David Lapin explains, if you're making a set of tefillin, you're not permitted to tie the knots of the tefillin and then put the parchment inside. When you tie the knot of tefillin, you have to be tying the knot of tefillin. It has to have the parshiot inside so that you are actually tying the knot of tefillin and not just the knot of some leather straps, which later will become tefillin. The schach, in our case, then has to be created, especially for the sukkah. It cannot be made into a bundle for something else and then used for the sukkah. It's interesting. For each of these ritual items, the essential act of creating them is the act of creating them. Without that, they are not valid. There's something about the action itself that is worthwhile, even in a ritual item that is meant to remind us of who we are. To miss out on that action is to miss the very mitzvah. Think about these ritual items. Each of them is a physical manifestation of our commitment to Jewish law and tradition. But the halakha does not allow us to use these items without the process of creating them. It's the process of building them that is so essential. Interestingly, there is a distinction between the mitzvah of leshev basukah, sitting in the sukkah, and the mitzvah of building the sukkah itself. During the holiday, it is a special mitzvah to sit in the sukkah and to enjoy it, that passive action of simply enjoying the chag, eating, laughing, singing. Sitting in the sukkah is itself a mitzvah. But before the holiday, the work is essential. The sukkah is not something which can be enjoyed passively without the work before the holiday. Nobody feels like getting to work right after Yom Kippur. I can't imagine a time throughout the year when I feel more exhausted from the fast and from a day of atonement. But the work involved in building the sukkah is holy in itself. As we said yesterday, the holiday of Sukkot marks the moment in the desert when we began the work of the Mishkan. We began to build the tabernacle. No wonder the key minhag is to put the first nail in the sukkah immediately following Yom Kippur. We are beginning the process of preparing for the holiday. We are beginning the process of building our own mini mishkan. Ta'aseh.
do it yourself and don't use something below min hasui, which is already made. Today, many of us are in the practice of outsourcing our Jewish ritual life, which in many ways makes sense. We buy our talit and tefillin. We may even buy a prefab sukkah, and some of us hire someone to put up our sukkah for us. These are, of course, halachically permissible, and in many cases even preferable, since most of us are not baki, not experts in creating tefillin, for example. But our daf here is reminding us that the spirit of the law is to be involved in the action. In order to completely fulfill the mitzvah, we must take part in its creation. So even if we do have a prefab sukkah, or if we hire someone else to put it up, we should, in the spirit of ta'aseh velo min perhaps put up the schach ourselves, or at least a part of the schach. I live in an apartment in Manhattan, so I tend to outsource the entire building of the sukkah in general, as I don't have my own sukkah in my building. I visit the Sukkot of Friends, or I join communities in Synagogue Sukkot, or the Sukkot of Kosher restaurants around the city. Sukkot in the city is good fun, but it won't allow me to fulfill the mitzvah of building a sukkah myself. Learning this masechet is reminding me that I have to get in there and be involved in building a sukkah next year. The principle of ta'asev elomin ha'asui suggests we can't get lazy when it comes to the mitzvah. The act of doing is the essence of the sukkah, it's the essence of the schach, and as we know, in many cases it is the essence of living a full Jewish life. Until tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.